Hello, it's James Salmon and me. I bet you're wondering after deja vu, where the hell we've been. It's kind of post-COVID, <laughs> you see. Our diaries are blown up, but we still can't believe it. <laughs> so for your reconsideration, <laughs> it was going we so watched well. another <laughs> average film. We'll tell you if it's bad or if it needs another chance. Please give us five stars. Forgive us for our absence. <laughs> that is the worst slash best intro we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I, we did like the vocals went straight into Muppets at one point. <laughs> it's, it's a very violent segue. I don't think it needs music. I think the vocals just alone will carry that through. Without music, that's going to be quite haunting, I think. I think it might be, yeah. <laughs> like listening to Miss Piggy's death. <laughs> oh, I didn't really miss Miss Piggy uh, laugh like. <laughs> um, oh, boys, how are you? It's been ages. Are you okay? Uh, it yeah, has been good. a while. It has been a while. But yes, all things considering. Um, yeah, all right. Good. Good to see you guys. Oh, it's always good to see you guys. Always good. I take it as red that uh, I'm, I'm, that you know that I enjoy your company. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't been avoiding each other purposefully for the last four weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> far from Speak it. Speak for yourself, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fellas, tell me, what have you been watching? Oh, so I've had a couple of cinema trips since last we spoke. So the first thing I want to shout out is a film that came out a few weeks ago in the UK. It was out in the US last year uh, called Freaky. Now, this is another slasher comedy from director Christopher Landon. He has previously directed the Happy Death Day movies, and he seems to have found a nice little niche for himself where he takes the slasher genre and introduces a fantastical element into proceedings. Cool. Mm. In the case of Happy Death Day, it was a time loop. This time, it's Body Swap, where we have uh, innocent teenager Catherine Newton swapping bodies with Vince Vaughn's Psycho Killer. So it's a lightweight but fun popcorn movie that lovingly pays homage to and sends up the genre. There's plenty of over-the-top kills, good gag rate, and the best comedic performance from Vince Vaughn since the mid-2000s. Oh, nice. He is completely believable as a teenage girl, and it's that performance that makes the movie. It's just very, very enjoyable. Awesome. Yeah, I do want to see that, because uh, Happy Death Day was brilliant. Like, I just like stumbled upon that on Netflix and just watched it and was like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, they're both good, those those two movies. They're good, and as I say, he's just got that nice little niche for himself where he obviously knows the genre inside out, mm. and then he just puts a little fantastical twist on it. And speaking of fantastical... Uh, are you guys aware that M. Night Shyamalan had Ooh. a new film out this Ooh, week? yes. I am, but have you seen it? Yes, I have. I went last night. Oh, my word. Ooh. You're the first person I've... I, 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 this is the first review I've read. I've deliberately avoided everything. So, tell us. So, speaking of reviews, as soon as I saw that the new that his new movie had received both a five and zero star review, I was always going. <laughs> <laughs> so, the film, uh, for you know, the general setup is that people are on holiday, they go to a beach, and then they all start getting old really quickly, hence the title. Uh, so... The film perfectly encapsulates everything that is both massively enjoyable and maddening about uh, Shyamalan. It's all at once clever and absolutely ludicrous, shocking and unintentionally hilarious, 
but crucially, never dull. So the film, the film goes to some really mental places, and I can't honestly say that it all works, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. I was taken in by its goofy, old-age Final Destination meets The Twilight Zone premise, and I would rather watch a director deliver a flawed swing-for-the-fences movie than the usual sterilised pap that's put out by studios at this time of the year. You know, it's, it's sort of easy to mock uh, Shyamalan, but you could never accuse him of lacking ambition. I had a really good time with it, and I think cool. if you're into things that are just sort of... You know, he's got such a distinct visual style as well. Everything about the way he directs a movie is sort of not what you would expect anybody else to do. And I really appreciate that about him. It doesn't always work. Some are better than others. But yeah, I thought this was really good fun, actually. And uh, people were laughing at bits that you weren't supposed to laugh at. But sometimes, sometimes that's part of the fun. Like, I went to see The Happening in the cinema... It's not a very good movie, but I I laughed quite a lot. I had a bloody good time with it. So, yeah, it's better than The Happening. Um, and, yeah, I just think cherish him because he's a he's a real original in terms of the way that he yeah, operates. I love that because I, I, I adore the guy. Um, I once told a girl in a nightclub in 2001 that that's who I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> There was it's like no that, romance. It's like that, that meme of the guy in the club <laughs> shouting into that girl's ear. Honestly, the reaction was like, who? who? M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm with you. And even in, in The Happening, there was loads of stuff in that that, I, as a one-off moment, was really good, really well done. Like the, the dudes uh, jumping off the building site. Yeah. That was incredible. I've never seen anything like it before or since. Oh, yeah. But the overall, yeah, you're right. I, I'm with you. I think he's a maverick and I love him. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with a maverick. It's not always going to work out because they yeah. take risks. <laughs> so, yeah. But this one, I, I thought it was very enjoyable. I enjoyed Glass as well, you know, his uh, sequel mm. to Split and no, not Unbreakable. Yet, and I was in the minority in that, I think. So, uh yeah, I'm all for it. All for it. He's a very polarising director, isn't he? He's very, like, well, FYR fodder, isn't he, really? He is, yeah. How's he never been on the podcast? He's slated, yeah. I can't believe we haven't covered him. How's he <laughs> But yeah, very, very polarising. Um, yeah, I am intrigued by that film, I have to admit. I do, I do want to see that. I really want to see it. Nice. Uh, Sag, what have you been watching? Um, well, God, seeing I've been, like, absolutely pummeled with an endless sea of work, uh, thus partly explaining the delay for the recording of this episode. <laughs> um, I, I annoyingly haven't really seen that much. I did I did have a cinema trip um, when I had one night off and went to see uh, Another Round, the Danish film with Mads Mikkelsen, where he's a teacher and um, him and his teacher buddies do this sort of theory that um, it's something like the, the, the human body is absent of 0.05% of alcohol. So they try and make that up, and then that's when you're at capacity and you're a bet you can operate better as a person. So they do this like experiment of drinking, basically just being pissed all the time. While they're while they're teaching like these final year students at a university in, in a, uh, sorry at a high school in Denmark. It's really good. It's really good. It's a really good um, drama, and he's great. But the rest of the cast are great as well. Obviously, Mads Mikkelsen will get the the sort of posters and and it, he's the first name on everyone will be writing about with reviews and stuff. But the rest of the cast are brilliant as well. Great film. Really, really good. Cool. But yeah, other than that, not really seen as much as I'd like to this summer. Um, but what I did do was purchase the UHD box set of the Matrix trilogy. Ooh! 
So, like, not only to watch the perfection of the first movie for, like, the 30th time, <laughs> but to also give the sequels another spin, because I hadn't seen them since the cinema, and I mentioned them quite a lot on this part of how much <laughs> I hate them. So I was like, oh, I'll give them another go. Um, nope, still shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine in UHD that is supremely unforgiving for some of the... Uh... Effects, especially in the second one. Well, especially the second one. Surprisingly, the third one has aged really well. Um, yeah, I was very surprised by that because the the VFX is like heaps better than its uh, rubbery manned predecessor, where there's all the <laughs> stupid fight with all the Agent Smiths is like a video game. It's horrendous, um, and it seems to use a lot more model work, you know, with the ships and things like that. So it it, it obviously adds to the overall aesthetic rather than just being full on CGI. Yeah. Um, and crap CGI at that. Um, so there are moments that, where the third one really does sing, at least from a visual perspective. I was nice. like, genuinely going like, oh, because pound for pound, I, I've said for a while that Matrix Revolutions is pound for pound the worst film ever made. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that anymore. I mean, still, I still know better than a two star movie. I don't think, but I was actually surprised that I enjoyed it a lot more than I remember. Um, it's just that everything's just so dense and like. So bloated and full on, yeah, and all these like long words, <laughs> which my head can't handle. Um, so on the story, yeah, so on the story side, it's a bit, bit hard to keep up with all the nonsense of it all. Having said that, I'm still very intrigued to see what this next one's going to be. Oh, for sure, oh, yeah, 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 because definitely. it ends quite, it ends really openly. So I am quite interested to see what happens next. All, all original cast returning, is that right? Well, yeah. apart from um, featuring in tonight's movie, Larry Fish has not been invited back, so... Oh, has he not? <laughs> and he keeps on moaning in the media, going, I don't know why I'm not coming back, you'll have to ask oh, them. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, may- maybe it was something to do with tonight's performance. But... <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some fun I when like we get Larry. there. I like Larry. Oh, of course, right. me too, me too, but... Uh... <laughs> Nice one, fellas. I'm, I've taken notes there. I will be checking out all of those. Really want to go and see old as well. But yeah, I, I Matrix are kind of seminal movies, aren't they? So I would, I, I think, certainly would like to give that another go um, when there is nothing else happening um, ever. I think, <laughs> I think the Matrix has been the film, the first film I purchased on DVD, the first film I purchased on Blu-ray, and now the first film I purchased on UHD. I don't nice, know nice. Why. Uh, side question: What did you watch it on? Uh, PS5. You have. Do you mean that or a telly or what? No, I meant like, how do you watch one of these things? Yeah, how's you, your... you, the PS5. Take this out. How's you... the PS5? It's it's, not, it's basically just a big fat PS4 at the moment because there's not really that many games on it, but it plays all PS4 games. So, oh, that's nice. Good. That's why it's really good. So everything you've ever got for your PS4 works on it. So yeah. it's just you just bang the same disc. I just kind of. Yeah, it's all, all works. Oh, it's all great. Nice. All, the, all the downloads carry over and everything. It's great. Can't it's wait really till good. they get some stock up here in the Northern Shires, then in which case. Well, I mean, I had to. I, I, I bought it um, by luck where I got a ping at like two in the morning from Argos saying, we've got some in stock. So I was like, <laughs> bought nice, it dead quick. Nice. And then um, some guy rocked up at eight in the morning <laughs> with a box and just handed it to me. I was like, cheers. Oh. Brilliant. Happiest day of my yeah. life. <laughs> It's mental that you still can't get hold Honestly, of it. Honestly, uh, you're the only person I know who's got one. Seriously. Yeah, I it, I tried a few. I think it was like the sixth time maybe I tried. I was about to give up and then I just happened to wake up as I got the ping in at 2am. So I was like, oh shit, I can actually get one here. An active PS5 god that made it happen. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. It was beautiful. Awesome. My, my missus wasn't happy that I um, <laughs> woke her up at two in the morning, dead excited that I'd got one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. I've got one. <laughs> so, fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> Um, well, in terms of watching for myself over the last couple of weeks, um, I've actually watched quite a bit. Um, notables, though, will be um, Crawl. Have you seen this? The yes. alligator oh, movie. Oh, really? It rocks. It's, it's so good. Ace, isn't it? It, is. yeah. it? It won't. It will never qualify for us because it's good. <laughs> but it is. It is really good. And so brutal, isn't it? Possi- so yeah, brutal. Anything possible. Poor Barry Pepper. Could happen to Barry Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> happens to Barry Pepper. <laughs> I mean, it's no, it's brilliant, um, and and the way that because I got really interested in how they made the movie, but they built that street in a water tank, yeah, mm. and just filled it up. Like uh, this is incredible movie making. Is it Alejandro Aja? Yeah, it's quite low budget. I mean, I say low yeah. budget for that type of film. Yeah, how many yeah. visual effects are in it and the premise? I think they made it for like less than twenty million dollars. I think you're right, and I, I, like, what a brilliant. Um, the effects really are absolutely good. brilliant. Yeah. Really good movie. Um, I'll be watching. It's that really again. scary as well. Like, oh, really, it's, yeah. it's, it's like like I think I think it's like Jaws level scary. I was terrified. It's re- it's really but bloody like, well the, done. The parameters of the scares are brilliant as well. Like right, you can't go through them pipes there because and and it's like in, introducing all these little incremental barriers that ramp up the tension. It's all a storytelling tool. I really really liked it. I mean, a crawl space on its own is just a terrifying place, whether oh, it's flooded yeah, with water yeah, yeah. and filled with alligators or not. It's, it's by the by, really. Yeah, it's really 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 good. Um, I'd recommend that to anyone. And it's a nice short hit at uh, one and a half hours, isn't it? Something oh yeah, like that. It's bang on ninety um, minutes, I think. Which yeah. which you know is in stark relief to. Um, we all know that. No Time to Die is coming. Listed at two hours, 54 minutes. That's too long. On a scale of one to ten, Rob, how excited are you for Daniel Craig's um, hopefully not last Bond outing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, again, it's not Daniel Craig. It's, um, I think we have to look at a bit of uh, Michael G. Wilson and Babs Broccoli. Just um, give me a number. One out of ten. How excited are you? I really want to like it, and I really think the trailer is nice. Um, yeah. But I, 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 too. <laughs> and oh, you can bump that up a tad because it's directed by um, a true detective guy. Yeah, no, I definitely no. Um, I am excited about it for two reasons. One, I think it does look really good, and I will go to the cinema and watch yep. it, and I will have multiple pee breaks for that amount of time. <laughs> and two, yeah, it's um, yeah. Carrie Fukunaga. Um, yeah. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, the action's going to pop at the very least, isn't it? The yeah, yeah. I, I just and then obviously there's the added bonus that when it's finished, the whole era will be over. <laughs> we can start again and have some fun. We'll, God damn it, at last! Oh, they're not going to. I'll let you have that. They're going to. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, second movie that I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, actually, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, have you guys watched Doctor Doolittle? The new one. Oh no! Oh, the do- no, Downey Jr. No, no way. Doesn't um doesn't Downey Jr. do a Welsh accent in that? Or, or what he it's believes is a Welsh accent? It, it's <laughs> not just the Welsh accent because we sat down to watch this with all the kids, right? And I build it like kids. It's a John Cena talking animal movie, right? You know, this was the most depressing film. Like it's uh, he this. This accent, I can't understand, but it's the fact that it's the sheer amount of depression. He is morose throughout this entire film. Yeah, fair enough, right? Okay, you know, he's going through some personal trauma. Absolutely fine. He's surrounded by talking animals. Smile. (laughs) 
But no, no, he is chronically depressed right the way throughout this film, quitting at every turn. Hello, Daniel Craig. And then um, he's... <laughs> When we get to it, the, the, well, no, sorry. The worst bit about it is the over-reliance on CG. I don't like being negative. You know this as well. But I do like to champion practical filmmaking. The fact that every last thing in this film is CG next to a chronically depressed Downey Jr. speaking Welsh for no reason means that I didn't buy into any of this for one second at all. It was just so... It, he might as well not have been there. He was on a green screen the entire time. Mm. Honestly, it was just nothing married, nothing worked. And it was a um, it was a goddamn mess. <laughs> That's probably the biggest slating I've given a film on this podcast, I think. Why is Downey Jr. making stuff like that? He doesn't need to make another tentpole movie ever again. No. Like, uh, he could just go and make things that are going to stretch him as an actor. This is this is terrible. Wasn't it the biggest selling movie, the biggest box office movie of 2020 by default because it was like the only one to come out before lockdown? So Probably, it won by yeah. default. <laughs> I, I don't like being negative, but this is just if you're gonna swing for the fences and do a talking animal movie, at least have animals in it, <laughs> not what you think yeah. the computer thinks an animal looks yeah. like. Everything's got dead eyes, doesn't behave like an animal. It's atrocious. It really is. Um, but uh, I, I hate saying that. Um, so we had a question tonight emerge from tonight's film and our question came from who was it? it was one of our loyal listeners okay yeah so um, we had a question from Drew at Indigo Fox UK on Twitter so he believes that a scene in Predators involving Hanzo is a homage to Billy in the original Predator so do you guys have a favourite homage easter egg or pastiche from one movie to another uh, sticking with Predator, I like the nod to the Alien franchise in Predator 2. Nice. So. And hello, Drew. God bless you, man. Um, Great question, this one. Mm. Anything spring to mind, fellas? Yeah, so uh, unfortunately for Drew, I've completely misinterpreted his question, despite having <laughs> been the one who selected it. Uh, so the, re- the reason for that partly is that I don't really pick up on Easter eggs and things a lot of the time. I often think that they're just sort of like lazy fan service and you know and just shoved in all that'll keep the plebs happy and you know by the studio (laughs) so what i normally look out for and the way that i've approached this question is i always look out for when i'm watching a film whether where a director has clearly let his directorial influences run through him and then he's put that into the film itself so the first one that sort of and so that they're not massively obvious so it's either they've uh, they've picked a shot or something like that that they've clearly t- taken from a film that they've enjoyed or that has inspired this particular piece of work so the first one that came to mind so train spotting directed by danny boyle from 1996 is heavily influenced by goodfellas from the freeze frames the voiceover and the ironic use of pop songs Throughout that film, I think that Danny Boyle is a big Martin Scorsese fan, and I think he watched Goodfellas a number of times before he shot that movie, <laughs> and it works great. It's it's absolutely brilliant. I know you know if you're gonna be influenced, be influenced by the best. Isn't there a something in Shallow Grave as well where it's kind of like the shots kind of like Goodfellas? Yes, yeah, there is. Yeah, I think he's actually gone on the record and said you know that he's heavily influenced by Scorsese and. I think as well the whole way that he approaches Ewan McGregor's performances and the way he directs that performance uh, has a very Travis Bickle-esque element to it. So, yeah, I always like that where I can see 
uh, a director's influences. And then one that I've always really enjoyed. Did you guys uh, watch, speaking of Vince, bringing Vince Vaughn back up again, mm. do you remember the movie Swingers that he made with John Favreau yeah. oh, back yes. in the mid-90s? So All the beautiful babies. Yes. <laughs> You're so money, baby. So money. <laughs> It's possibly massively problematic now. I haven't seen it for about 15 years, but I remember enjoying <laughs> it at the time. And um, yeah, they have a sequence in that film where they're all just sat around playing cards and they get on to talking about movies and they start talking about Tarantino and how he's derivative and he steals shots from other movies and stuff like that. And they shoot it exactly the same way as the uh, Like a Virgin chat that they have at the start of Reservoir Dogs with the, oh, with the wow. twirling camera and the intercutting of the uh, nice. of the guys talking. And then they get up to go to the party and they do it in slow motions, a la the opening so credit sequence of, um, of Reservoir Dogs. And then obviously to, to take it to the nth degree then in terms of Tarantino, there's a brilliant Hitchcock homage in Pulp Fiction where... Bruce Willis's butch is driving down the road and he stops at the traffic lights. And Marcellus Wallace walks across who's been looking for him, walks across with donuts and coffee, and he see and that's lifted directly from Psycho when the same thing happens to Marion Crane when she's uh, sees her boss uh, who she's just stolen a load of money from. So they're sort of like the homages and pastiches that I always look out for nice. in movies. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I think that I think that uh, falls into what uh, Drew was getting at with the question. I definitely oh, do. Good. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's. I think the gamut is any kind of movie that makes an obvious nod to another, isn't it? In yeah. any way. Because um, uh, speaking of Tarantino, one of my favourite homages actually. Um, it was one I only realised was a homage was an homage until I saw the original after I'd seen the film that was inspired by it. Is basically the entirety of Reservoir Dogs. Is basically a massive love letter to um, the sort of second half or the like, the final third of City on Fire by Ringo Lam, the Hong Kong film with um, Chaeyoung Fats in it, I think, mm-hmm. um, about an undercover cop and a diamond heist gang, and uh, they all get st- stuck in a warehouse, and there's the big standoff, you know, the, the the big standoff for guns. There's loads of bits in that film that. You could say you ripped them off, but um, you know, art inspires art, I guess. So yeah, um, and the, the, you get that throughout all Tarantino's movies, don't you? You could pick, you know, the dancing scene from um, Band Apart and things like that, like you know, in Pulp Fiction, and you could probably watch every scene of every Tarantino movie or every scene of every movie and pick an older film that has done something pretty similar yeah. or the same or whatever. I also Pixar love. Uh, a reference as well or a pastiche yeah. they do don't they <laughs> there's so many of it like toy story the toy story movies alone have so much stuff like the um when buzz gets chased by the big globe and it's like indiana jones and uh yep uh, there's the in sid's house the carpet is the same carpet from the shining and little things like pixar are the masters of little easter eggs i think they're, they're so good there's actually a video on um dig.com that just puts them all next to each other. They're just all the lines up all these Pixar references and, and nods and stuff. And they're so good. And they're all absolutely brilliant. And they all fit into the story and into the world really well. And they're really well thought out um, little nods. Um, and then also uh, the two in Wayne's World 1 and Wayne's World 2. So in the first one, uh, when they get stopped by the police and it's Robert Patrick looking for John Connor. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And then the second one where they're, they're scout, scouting out the, the location for Wayne Stock and it's Jurassic Park. 
<laughs> oh, I love those films. Wayne's World 2 is not as good as you remember, but the first one is like absolute classic. It's so good. Oh, it's unstoppably good, the first one. <laughs> yeah. I think homages and pastiches are so good in comedy. If you do yes. it right, it's an easy, easy win, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I I like how we've gone at this question from all sorts of different angles. The classy angle, James. And then the, we're getting to more on the nose, Simon, there. And then I'm going to go supremely on the nose now, like massively on the nose. Um, <laughs> so I really like um, in uh, Raise the Lost Ark, um, R2-D2 in C-3PO in the Hieroglyphics. Yes. Uh, oh, in the yeah. Well of Souls. I also um, <laughs> really like in um, which Star Wars sequel, prequel is it? It might be Attack of the Clones, I think. They're panning across the Senate, and you know they're looking at all the different sort of species, and there's, a, there's three ETs there going like, <laughs> like you know. I really hope when they did Order sixty six that those guys got bombed to hell. That's what I really hope. I thought you'd thawed on ET. Now you're not scared of him anymore, right? I still want him dead. <laughs> um, for the most on the nose that I can think of. Is um, do you remember Casper? Um, yes, lovely Casper. Um, at the start of the movie, there um, there's um, a character. What's her name? Carrigan gets. Uh, I can't remember who plays Carrigan. Uh, gets um, left a property, and they say it's haunted and whatever. So she sends different people in to go and try and sort it out. There's a priest goes in, and then Dan Aykroyd runs out in full Ghostbusters oh, yeah. outfit. <laughs> And so says, like, who are you going to call? Someone else, you know. Yeah. And he's got a big moustache. And I, I don't know why he's got the moustache, but he's in full lovely Ghostbusters outfit. Um, and I can't work out how this is allowed, how license-wise this is allowed, because Casper was Universal Pictures, produced by Amblin, and then you've got Ghostbusters, which is a Columbia Pictures movie. I don't... How is this allowed? I don't understand. They I know, must have I know, just paid for it. They, they must have done... Yeah. Well, like, Aykroyd, of course, because he, he invented... Co-invented yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters, didn't he? Mm. So he must have like dibs on the IP, yeah. possibly. I don't. I bet he owns the character, but not the property. So it, he can probably right, man. But I'd love yeah. to know the the like the ins and outs of that one. Um, there is. A, I don't know whether this counts, but this is, there's a, 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 a there's a nod within of a film within the film itself that springs to mind, and it's in Back to the Future when at the start it all takes you know the the. The situation with Doc getting shot happens at Twin Pines Mall. Yeah. But when later on, when Marty's been back in time and he's knocked over a a tree, yeah, it's later called Lone Pine Mall. <laughs> sign. It's so knowing. I just love that kind of. Stuff. I don't know whether that counts. That oh, of course that, it does. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a like, lovely little like, be, like acknowledging your own movie and your own Easter. I mean, it's incredible. I love that movie so so much. You know, now and again, when like some stupid website like BuzzFeed or someone will put out an article, it was like one where it was saying, "Oh, you you won't believe who played which character from Shit's Creek played Kevin McAllister's mum," and you're like, "Yeah, we all know who." who <laughs> and then, yes, and yeah. then uh, they they did one for that, and they were like, "Oh, this unbelievable Easter egg you definitely would have missed in Back to the Future." It's like. No, if I'm paying paid attention, it's a really good, clever <laughs> little bit of writing in there. Was that, <laughs> like, they mentioned this. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you, you know, as if they're the only ones." Who oh, right, okay, it yeah, as yeah. Well. yeah. Piss off. <laughs> what articles like that don't take into account is that when we 
all watched anyone over 30 when they all watched these movies originally they weren't texting on their phone when mm, they were watching yes, them we were paying attention to <laughs> yes. Yes. yes yes and we also didn't have clickbait back then <laughs> we just had nuts magazine <laughs> what a magazine <laughs> Too busy like what reading time. about sharks and cars and bubes. That's what we were doing. <laughs> you won't believe what this shark did with a car and a pair of bubes this week. <laughs> Guys, the same thing every week. It was amazing. <laughs> what a magazine. Ninety-nine pence, well spent. <laughs> really was. What a what an absolute. Bowing that one. Oh dear. As simple as I am, and as I was, I always was dead proud of myself when I actually finished it from cover to cover. I was like, oh, finished it. <laughs> finished my latest book. <laughs> there was two, there was Nuts and Zoo, wasn't there? Yeah. Zoo! Nuts and Zoo. <laughs> this week in Nuts, Dagenham's hardest, gar- hardest car dealer. <laughs> There was the one where it was like the world's fattest, Britain's fattest man, and what he ate this week. That was one. Is it like reverse dietary tips? Like opposite men's health. It was like, like, oh, I had a curry and had eight tikka masalas and 20 (laughs) poppadons. Sounds absolutely incredible. Oh, dear. Uh, We do have a movie to discuss, and it came from our listeners this week. Um, Yes, we did. We did a poll of sorts. Yes, we? so cast your minds back. So, um, <laughs> so basically, we decided because we're sort of getting into the into the summer period, and usually the summer is dominated by sequels or franchise movies. We'd covered previous instalments of some franchises, so we put four up for our um, for our listeners, and the options were Teenage Mutant Ninja Two: Secret of the Ooze, which got twenty three percent of the vote. Blade 2, which got 29% of the vote. And National Treasure 2, which got, a, got only got 17% right, of the vote. The what? disrespect Where? for Nick Cage. Where's the Cage fans? What is going on? Unreal. Mirren. Cage Hive, where are you? <laughs> um, but the winner was tonight's film, which is Predators, which got 31%. So it was a close run thing with Blade one, 2. Yeah. Very surprised this one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that the audience were into it. And, um, yeah, we previously covered the previous instalments of each of those films. We did Predator 2 maybe, what, like 18 months ago, I think, before the world ended. And so now we're back for the next instalment in the Predators uh, franchise, which is Predators from 2010. Yeah, we're not counting Alien versus Predators. because they're they're not canon now. No, no, that's not allowed. Um, I I do have a logline. Can I give it? Yes, go for it. Oh, yes. Awesome. Some Olympic-level ne'er-do-wells find themselves plummeting to the ground and promptly find themselves hunted on Predator Centre Parks. And it ends very badly for nearly everybody, especially Topher Grace. Of course, (laughs) this is Nimrod Antal's Predators. What's the last thing you remember? All of a sudden, there was a light, and then... I was falling. Who are you? I was supposed to be executed two days ago. And I was in combat. So was I. Black Ops. Who would do this to us? 
We were chosen. Chosen for what? We're all brought here for the same purpose. We're being hunted. What? This planet is a game preserve. We're the game. So predators, um, I assume it actually qualifies. James, is it through numbers? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if this one technically does qualify, but because oh. we've done Predator 2, we chucked it in to oh. the mix. So it might actually be a fresh movie. I'll let Simon pick that up. Uh, but from a numbers standpoint, so it was released on July 9th, 2010 in the United States. It opened with $10 million on the Friday, and the film came in at number three at the US box office and pulled in $24,760,882 during its first weekend. Uh, The film was released internationally on July 8th, 2010, and went on to gross $52 million in the United States and $75 million internationally generating 127,233,108 worldwide against a budget of roughly 40 million, which is a pretty modest budget for this type of film. Um, So yeah, all in all, a tidy hit. Apparently, there were plans for a continuation of this particular story uh, with all the key players keen to return. So Adrian Brody, the director... Robert Rodriguez, uh, but the studio opted to reboot with 2018's The Predator. Instead, maybe it is a hit, but maybe not enough to like blow anybody's skirt up, you know. So like yeah. they thought, all right, well, maybe we'll just uh see if we can take it in a different direction. And then I can't remember when Iron Man 3 came out, maybe a year or two after that, and maybe then they pitched it to Shane Black to see if he would be interested in doing it, having been involved with the first film. I think with this one as well, because it's produced by Robert Rodriguez, he sort of has his own setup down in Texas and he keeps budgets quite low so that he doesn't get a lot of studio interference. So maybe they wanted to bring it more in-house or I'm speculating wildly on that point. Um, Because I I did read that it was supposed to, it's usually produced by on a bigger studio thing, the Paramount films with, with Fox, but they put it strictly into Rodriguez's Troublemaker productions, didn't they, for that very reason, James, so he could just do what he wanted, and he wanted yeah. it to keep it within his within his house rather than being told what to do. I think you get a... You kind of see that as well in the film, that it's very much a little fanboy who made a film and made the film he wanted to and had no one telling him otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that does make sense. <laughs> so even though it was profitable... They probably looked at it, and Simon will get into this, and maybe the reviews were a bit middling. It didn't set the world on fire 
essentially. So they thought, right, well, we're going to bring this back in-house. Yeah, I assume they wouldn't have put that much money behind it either to get it out. Because cause if, if he was producing it himself, they were probably just like, all right, fuck you then. <laughs> you handle the marketing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember it coming out, but um, sorry, we've not got to that bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, in which case then, let's let's stick with you, Sai. Let's go with um, critical reception. How how was Predators received? Well, it's a bit of an oddity, this one, in that it, it doesn't quite qualify on our, you know, we're not really strict with it anyway. <laughs> we're kind of fast no, and loose no, with it no, these no. days. Um, doesn't qualify on the critical side, on Rotten Tomatoes at least, where it sits just over the precipice of 64%. Um, but it qualifies on the audience scale as it's a middling 52. Oh, um, that's definite qualification. And then over on Metacritic, we can pretty much flip those numbers. So it's uh, 51 on the critical scale and then 6.3 for audience. Wow. So yeah, I, I suppose it ju- it does just qualify. I think that's a qualification. In terms of Seriously, the, uh, yeah. in terms of the the critical, um, it, uh, on the averages anyway, at least. Uh, ratings wise, when you dive into the ratings, it's mainly around twos and threes, like on the whole. Um, but there are there are some positive reviews in the mix. Uh, Jen Jen Yamato of Movies dot com gave it four out of five, saying it's a spine ripping good time that evokes the spirit of the original film. Um, this is obviously after. The original sequel, uh, which we covered with um, Danny Glover, and then uh, the Alien versus Predators, both those films came out before this, didn't they? Mm, um, yeah. Which didn't really um, do do the business as as people were hoping. Mm. And then uh, Scotland's finest and perhaps most polarizing beardy film muso, uh, Robbie Collin, uh, also gave it four stars um, and said it's not a reboot or a reimagining of the 1980s Arnie-starring cult classic Man vs. Monster pick. It's more like the ultimate work of fan fiction, and it's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> he... oh, no, I, I like that a lot. That's a great review, actually, because it does feel like that. Yeah, he he was really into it. So I think he, he obviously went into it watching it as that sort of movie and got a kick out of it, you know, giving it four stars. Uh, over on Letterboxd, it's kind of a similar story to the reviews, really. 2.8. Um, but there are a lot of people praising it as a more than solid sequel. Loads of people saying it's the best Predator sequel by a distance. To, you know, it can't. There's a couple of people on there who say it's better than the original, but let's be honest, it can't touch that. <laughs> it can't touch that McTiernan absolute classic, isn't it? That first yeah. one. Uh, it, when it, whenever it's on telly, yeah. I watch it and I'm just like, this is a perfect film. It's unbelievable, like, it's a isn't it? Perfect yeah. movie. The sense of have you ever seen atmosphere created so well in a film other than Predator? Yeah, it's just it's just nails it, doesn't it? Absolutely it does, nails it. Yeah. And, and all the, the things I never noticed of it when I was younger about the you know how they were brought into that jungle on false pretenses by the government. Yeah, and yeah. they you know they thought they were doing like a rescue mission, but it turns out it was they were there as bait for this Predator thing yeah. which had been in there. Yeah. I missed all that when I was a kid. So when I when I was older and watched it, I was like, "Fuck, that's a, a, such an angle I never saw." I just thought yeah. it was a, a an alien having killing people. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's way deeper. I, I think it's a perfect movie. I just think it's um, oh, it's incredible. It's, it's really fucking good. It's probably the only time where Arnold has played a human hero where I thought that he wasn't going to make it out. Yeah, alive. You're right, man. Like they really actually made Arnold vulnerable. In the movie, yeah. because the predator was such a um, significant foe 
for for the Austrian oak to go up against. And he he's acts well in it as well. He, he does, pulls yeah. the role off really well. I mean, 100%. obviously his hench yeah. diesel arms do a lot of the work. <laughs> but uh, he's Such actually really word. He's actually really he's really good at it. I think one of Arnie's like better performances for sure. Is... I'd agree. I think the only time I've seen him in um any kind of je- similar levels of jeopardy was in Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> Where he was also up against another foe in a drunk reindeer. <laughs> Formidable. <laughs> and he won the day in that in the end. It was touch and go, but he won it. <laughs> and um, you know, guys, how much I like a poll. So I ran a poll as well as to see what our Twitter followers uh, rated as the best Predator sequel. Didn't include AVP for obvious reasons because they're not good. <laughs> So, uh, obviously, Predator 2, uh, Predators, and The Predator. Although I put a typo in it and I wrote it as The Predster. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Predator 2 was the favourite of our Twitter followers with 67% of that vote. Um, Predators, 33%, and not zero for The Predator from 2018. Wow. Not a I, I mean, vote. I enjoyed wow. the Predator, but not as a Predator movie. Uh, I enjoyed it as a comedy farce. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've not, I've, I've not seen that yet. It's too funny. It's just too funny to, is to it? work. It's really hilarious, but it's like, why is it so funny? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, like, uh, it's bizarre. It's a weird movie. It's a fucking weird movie, um, but. Oh, yeah, as Predator sequels go. It's an odd bunch, isn't it? All the four of them. Well, sorry, yeah. the three sequels. It's a very odd mixed bag of movies. Well, I was going to bring this up, actually. Is this the only franchise you can think of where there's literally no character through line through any of You're them? Right. Outside, yeah. Even the Predator is a different Predator in every yeah. single movie. Yeah. Like, nobody survives from one movie <laughs> to right. the next. There's no through line at all. I, you're right. The, the only the only through line is species, isn't it? It is, and, yeah. and music. Yeah, the minimal oh, the music. It's not like we get to know Frank Predator in the first one and see his <laughs> see his <laughs> journey. <laughs> Frank Predator. A <laughs> lot. Uh, uh, who was it in the second one? Who doing the dancing? Was it the LA Lake? <laughs> <It was. laughs> what happened to those guys? Where have they gone? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> No, I, I. You're right. Is there any franchise that has four movies and none of them are character uh, linked by character whatsoever? I know. Even slasher movies have the killer carrying over. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> insane. I've never thought about it like that. But I do like those um, those reviews though, in that it's the ultimate fan fiction because it's like it's literally like you know not the types ever sat about. Smoking weed and staring into the distance, going, like, "Hey, what if babies had two heads?" You know, I've never been that guy, but I've definitely thought, like, "Hmm, what about what would it be like if we were on the Predators' turn?" Yeah, definitely. Or the Predators, you know, and that would be in the realms of fan fiction, wouldn't it? You know, so this does feel like the ultimate fan fiction movie in that sense. Yeah, um, if you love the Predators, and I, I think, like, even though even though we talk about AVP and was it AV? Oh, Requiem! What a weird. Subtitle for that movie. Um, the the effects were great. Yeah, uniformly, I think. You know, the physical effects were always really good. The costumes were always ace. They've absolutely nailed the predator look, um, and the xenomorph stuff. So yeah, I was. I mean, I and Lance Henriksen's in AVP. 
Let's not forget. You probably thought it was a Bigfoot movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me the, the villain is eight feet tall. It's gotta be the big brown machine. <laughs> so where do I sign? <laughs> um, so what about um, you guys? What about your relationship with Predators? Um, James, when, when did you first become aware of this movie? Yeah, so I was really excited for this movie when it came out. It had a really good trailer from what I remember. And one of the points of contention when I've been discussing this uh, on Twitter with some of our listeners is that there's a shot in the movie of... uh, There's a shot in the movie, but the shot is different in the trailer. uh, And it's when Adrian Brody's like stood and the Predator's got the drop on him. And in the trailer, he gets like dotted with like hundreds of different Predator sort of laser sight things. In the movie, it's only one because they clearly only had the budget for that. Um, and I was like, oh, they're going to be fighting like hundreds of Predators in the, in this movie. And it's going to be incredible. Uh, so I was excited to see it. And I did. I went to the cinema uh, to see it back in 2010. And uh, yeah, I liked the approach that we were taking to it. It did have that sort of fun fiction element to it and it looked like the it basically looked like Rodriguez had looked at because it's his concept essentially even though he's only the producer and he doesn't have any writing credits it's his concept from back in the 90s and he's sort of gone right well we had the uh, we had Predator back in the 80s what if I do with Predator what James Cameron did with Alien so this is Predators uh, so there's going to be lots of them essentially and that, I think that was the building blocks and you know, big fan of that sequel, and I thought that was a good way for them to take this particular franchise. Nice. What about you, Sai? I honestly can't remember like whether I saw this on telly or the cinema. I do remember being very um, excited and interested by it because you know I was a big fan of Robert Rodriguez at the time, and his name was plastered mm. all over it. Even I was when I was watching it, I, you know, I I thought he'd wrote and directed it, and then I sat down and watching, I didn't see his name anywhere apart from on the <laughs> production side of it. I know. So, I was really surprised. I was like, why is this always titled as a Rodriguez film? But yeah, as you say, James, it was his treatment from years ago, won't it? I think he did it in the 90s originally. Yeah. But yeah, that absolutely loving the original Predator. So even though it's got a bit of a checkered history of sequels and, and films connected to the iconic character, I'll always watch it. You know, I'll always um, be interested in it because it's just so iconic that. Um, the sound effects and the music and the costumes and his big ugly face and (laughs) also as well just because there was such a level of intrigue with it because Adrian Brody was fronting it and you're like what? (laughs) Why have they got this guy? Uh, He just won an Oscar as well a couple of years, a few years before for the pianist and you're just like what casting that is, like ballsy casting and um, yeah that the, all those things were just adding up for for a lot of interest. I'm pretty sure I went to the cinema to watch it. To be honest, I can't remember for sure, but um, I definitely have seen it, and I do remember enjoying it as well. I, I thought it was a really solid sequel, if a little, um, yeah, um, fan fiction ish, as as discussed. Um, but yeah, love all that. Um, totally agree. I thought um, when I saw that there was a new Predators movie coming and that Robert Rodriguez was involved, that was immediately exciting. Like that's that's a cool combination that I'm down with mm. immediately without anything else happening. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> um, then um, when you found out that Adrian Brody was in it, 
it was like, what, what, what on earth? And then you find out he's packing on £25 of muscle for the role. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? And because um, I, I, I love Brody. Um, I've got to be honest, I loved him in um, Village. Loved him in uh, King Kong. Mm. Um, I love that King Kong, by the way. Um, bit long, bit long. <laughs> Not quite as long as uh, No Time to Die. So. It's not far off. <laughs> but <it's, yeah. laughs> um, but no, I, I um, the same as you guys. Um, I think when it came out, what year was it? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yeah. So yeah. my daughter was born that year. My first daughter. So I was in the thick of um, life changing circumstances. So I watched it on um, yeah on rental when it came out next year. Isn't your daughter's initials AVP, Rob? Hundred percent. Alien versus Predator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, literally haven't thought about that until, until right now, James. So, yeah. <laughs> you are right. Uh, wow. Have you, has she had a birthday party where you do an invitation and it's like a mock-up of the AVP Requiem poster? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, you, know, you have shredded my head there. I, am, I was not prepared for that revelation right now. How deep rooted is this franchise? Man? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the worst installments that she's got the initials. <laughs> is your son's middle name Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Segal, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, wow. Um, so yeah, well, super stuff. Um, should we get into the movie then? Aye, um, because like, uh, well. Akin to the movie, let's not waste no time because this movie doesn't. No, um, it literally you are straight in in yep. this film. Um, I love this simple storytelling. If there's a story, let's tell it. It's a badass opening, isn't it? Just it is. free falling, um, Adrian Brody free falling into a jungle is yeah. just like what a what an opening that is to the yeah. to an action yeah. film. Throws you straight and and back to the jungle as well because obviously. After the second one, and in the city, and then the Alien vs Predator sequels, where they were in space and some weird fucking igloo things. or something, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they were like an ice thing and a pyramid. Well, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, back to the jungle, back where it all began in in the jungle. So yeah, it's a it's a cracking opening. It's really bloody good. Yeah, Brody's mega watchable immediately, isn't he? Like, yeah, straight he's... away. He's unconscious and falling, but you're still watching the guy. Yeah. Completely unrecognisable, considering how hench he is to, yes. what, to what he was in, in previous movies. He's got a little bit of a gruff voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's really turning it up with the gruffness, isn't he? <laughs> I love the um, the like idea behind it from um, Nimrod Antar, the director, who was said he always saw uh, sort of hard marine-type dudes as sort of more trim and... And, and fit rather than big and bulky like Arnie yeah, yeah. was and like the Predator, the you know, the original film Predators. And I just think that like, makes total sense. Like to just have a real like proper toned fit dude who would be quite nimble and, and you know, in that guise of what uh, Adrian true. Brody does. And it's just, just great explanation. It's great casting and he, he really pulls it off, I think. I've, yeah. He's probably... He's, he's, Amongst an amazing cast on the whole, really, it's a great ensemble cast. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. As these Predator films tend to do, particularly the first one, and the Predator does as well, I think that's, I think that's got a good cast. Um, but yeah, he pulls it off. He's great. He's really good at it. 
Yeah, and the thing is as well, as much as we love the original Predator, um, Arnie would be the first one killed if that was a real-life situation because he might be all muscly. He's got no cardio at all. Like He's going to be blowing <laughs> out of his arse after 15 minutes, I'm telling you. Like, whereas in this, Brody's all... He's nice and trimming. He's more like a boxer than a... Oh, yeah. Bro- Brody's like... Yeah, I agree with this. He's peak physical performance conditioning. Endurance performance conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Arnie's going to be like... Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm Wait up, chicken sandwich now. <laughs> Wait up for me. I've had no carbs. <laughs> Been sick on his own balls. Oh, Dutch, <laughs> Dutch, you've let yourself down. Why on his own balls? <laughs> he just collapsed in the heat, and he's like <laughs> vomiting on his own nuts. <laughs> um. I really liked, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a huge segue. Um, the colour palette, the lushness of the jungle was, yep. it was super green. Um, loved how thick and that all felt. And the music, like that, you've got the tom-toms, like, blah, 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 you know, like the little, all the little instruments <laughs> and the, the low bass notes, notes and all that kind of stuff. And we're in, uh, when I see that green and the thickness of those leaves, um, those little tom toms. Yeah, we're in Predator Zone. This is it. Yeah, it's got lovely little Sylvestri callbacks, hasn't it? This yeah, um, uh, this score, which is by John Debney, I believe. Mm. Yeah, well, he does. He does a good job of um, emulating the original Sylvestri score, doesn't he? Cause it's... Yeah, he does. Yeah, apparently they tried to get Sylvestri back. Uh, Conflicts meant that he couldn't make it. Scheduling conflicts, <laughs> Just, not like... He hated, he hated everyone. <laughs> he probably hated the money that they offered him. He was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> the violence is immediate and totally unapologetic. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a gory movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And red and green has always been a good combination. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny Trejo appears. He does, because it's a Robert Rodriguez production, so of course Danny Trejo is, is involved. He's, I think he's possibly in every single one of the movies that he's ever been involved in. Yeah, you get a right motley crew of people. I'd love to know the Predator Scouting Department. So, you know, do you think it's high tech or they've just got whiteboards and they're like, all right, okay, we need a cartel member. Yeah, I've <laughs> oh, got just the guy here, just the Predator Scouts. And do the guys who are actually, the Predators who are actually doing the hunting, are they the ones who do the scoutings of the humans or the other aliens as well that they're going to be hunting throughout? It's fascinating. There's so much backstory to dig into. I, I love the idea that they have a stats department going through like, this guy's a proper scumbag. He's like a 10 on our stats scale. Yeah. Um, it's like all the costumes are so weird, aren't they? Like they're all specific outfits from. Spe- you you kind of recognise where they're from straight away. Yeah. Just by what- it's a like very like stereotypical. <laughs> oh, there's a yakuza man in a lovely suit. <laughs> <laughs> chromed out suit, by the way. Yeah. Lovely there's chromed a, out action. A, a Mexican cartel guy and with his big <laughs> stash and well, Danny and Trejo. <laughs> do, do you know? The, have you heard the story about the casting of Trejo in this movie? No. Um, it's um. In the in the script, it said he he looks like a guy he looks like a guy that looks like Danny Trejo, and Danny Trejo heard about this and rang up Robert Rod- Rodriguez and said, "Guess what? I look like just like Danny Trejo." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Immediately cast. <laughs> so good. It's oh. brilliant. That. Do you think he was brilliant. always going to cast him anyway? But he just likes to keep him keen. Like, Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Like. 
like that is a big flirt if you're sending that script to Robert Rodriguez and it says in it a guy that looks like Danny Trejo. <laughs> you know, so you funny. know, there's a good chance he might have the guy's phone number. He um, just like he just like wafts the casting call <laughs> under Danny Trejo's agent's nose, just like yeah, just, just just make it look like we're trying to find someone else. Just just keep yeah. him on his toes. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the, uh, I really like Goggins. Walton Goggins is absolutely unhinged dude in this. Yeah, it's like the, across the board, the whole cast is just such a great motley crew of yeah. characters. And it's got yeah. good, like, serious actors. There's two Oscar winners in this bunch, for yes. one's sake. Like, it's <laughs> insane. Um, and, and yeah, there's a bit of comedy value with Goggins and um, Topher Grace as well. He's like the odd one out, isn't he, Topher Grace, who just looks like a yeah. normal dude who's just thrown in by accident. Slight spoilers for uh, Topher Grace, but I have written, uh, so that I could, I wrote down in my notes, uh, Silicon Valley Shipman. <laughs> <laughs> spot on. Absolutely spot on. Do you think Walton Goggins, I love Walton Goggins, he's a really, really good actor, but honestly, do you think he's, um, do you think he had a word with his agent in terms of the parts that he was putting up for? Because I, during this period, all he was playing was racists and rednecks <laughs> racists. and drug dealers and corrupt <laughs> cops. And he's like, oh, so what have you got for me next? Right, you're going to be in Predators. Oh, that sounds interesting. What are you playing? You're playing a serial murdering racist <laughs> death row inmate who is incestuous with his sister and uh, yeah, just not a very nice man. He's like, I'm a nice guy. Can I play a dad in something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's sort of the comic relief. And I'm I'm not sure how well some of that works because some of it is very uh, 2000s era edgy. It is yeah. quite yeah. dark. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. Grace Grace is great though in it. I think, and and because his you don't know he's an absolute psychopath. I think it's spoiler alert. That from the very beginning, you you wonder why on earth he's there. Yeah. Well, he says he's a doctor, doesn't he? So it's like, oh, yeah. maybe they're 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 being. Oh, we'll give them a medic to give him a chance. Yeah, yeah. It's like a video game, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. will anyone put their hand up and be medic for this round? Because this you know, would have been this would have been Topher Grace was quite popular at this point, wasn't he? Because of that yeah. seventy show, and that's why he was getting the roles. I don't know. if Spider Man Three was before or after this. It's before this, yeah. Yeah. So he was. He was sort of popping up in quite big stuff around about this time, wasn't he? And mm. I like him. I think he's got. I mean, he's got a shtick, obviously, but yeah. he's very good at doing it. Mm. He's very Matthew Perry, I think. Like he's very similar to sort of a Chandler Bing type. If you need that type of character in your movie, mm. they uh, then Topher Grace is a good go-to, and he works well in this because yeah, he does look like he doesn't belong, but then it turns out that he's the. Biggest psycho out of all of them, potentially. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and 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 sort of like how this guy becomes not him. I'm really talking about um, Oleg Toktarov's Nikolai. Mm. He becomes like the the nice one yeah. in the group, despite being another absolutely massive super killer. Um, incidentally, um, immense uh, MMA UFC background. This guy, uh, 24 fights, 17 wins, five losses. But he's a submission expert with 14 submission wins. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Hard dude. And I didn't know that um, he was a fighter before I watched this. No, I didn't. So no, I didn't he know obviously, that. you know, like he bridged that gap really, really well. You know, like mm. good screen presence comes across really well, not wooden in any way, I didn't yeah. feel. 
I think so, it yeah. helps that all the characters are quite broad because this moves really quickly. This yeah. movie, so it sets up. It's like right, he's a stereotypical redneck in inmate who's on death row, serial <laughs> yeah. murderer, and then you've got the the warlord over there, and then as Simon said, the accuser guy in the chromed out R. Kelly suit over there. Like, <laughs> uh, and then it's like right, we're off to the races. Let's yeah, let's go and investigate this uh, this jungle. Yeah, and it's kid in a candy store stuff. Like you can do whatever you want here. It, fan fiction is the best way to describe this, really. And there's mad traps firing off everywhere. Treo gets... Well, he doesn't last all that long. (laughs) Well, because I think the the first sort of third of this movie is just them trying to figure out where they are. Mm. They find this like breadcrumb trail, don't they? And all these sort of things add up to show that they're not on Earth anymore. They're in some weird planet. And it's... um, We we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Mahashala Ali. I don't know if I I can never say his name right. Yes. Um, Who is... is he like a Sierra Leone soldier or something like that? Yeah, he's yeah. like a warlord, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. the impression I yeah. got. Yeah. yeah. He notices that the sun hasn't moved since they've got there. And then each character then just gets these like little clues that where they are. And, and, and then they figure out that they're actually being hunted because, well, Danny Trejo is the first one to get it. And... Uh, it's got that like mimicky voice from the first movie, yeah. isn't it? Where he's like, well, help me. They're trying to help bait me. them. And is it is it um, Alice Braga's character who who's an Israeli soldier? I think. Yeah, she's yes. a sniper of some description. Yeah, sure yeah. What. And uh, she kills him out of sympathy, but then the voice happens again, doesn't it? And then they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. something's not right here." And then um, they they let the dogs loose, and then all <laughs> shit starts to go wrong from this point. On. Yeah. Are we calling them predator dogs? Is that what pred dogs? Yeah. Pred dogs. Pred dogs. <laughs> I, I forgot about the Predator dogs because I thought these were in... I mean, they have Predator dogs in The Predator and I thought that was yes, their they first do, yeah. um, foray. But uh, no, it's this one with their big tusks and stuff. They, I mean, they, they, they look good. Yeah, good creature design, yeah. For sure. Yeah, um, and, and kind of they follow on from the Predator design as well. So you can imagine them being pets, so to speak, you know, or the, the, the you know, they'd be connected in some kind of way. Yeah, I, I like... I mean, I'm... I'm uh, I'm having so much fun yeah. that I'm not looking at anything in a negative way at this point. There's nothing, there's no flaws to me at this point. I'm just enjoying the movie, having a great time. Yeah, and it moves so quickly, doesn't it? And they understand now that they're in a game preserve and that they're being hunted. And Adrian Brody is sort of like the de facto leader of this ragtag group of wrongans, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and yeah, they have to fight off dogs and all sorts and. Some of the you know more tertiary characters start getting picked off, don't they? In the in the opening half an hour, it's lovely. Yeah. Well, it's all coming, isn't it? Because you've got like a you know classic slasher vibes where there's a quite a large group of people, and uh, it's like, well, not all of you are going to make it, so you have to you, you know, <laughs> put a sweep on for who's going to get it first and second and third. <laughs> when you said sweep, then I thought like, what do you mean a sweep? And my brain originally like literally went to sooty and. <laughs> <laughs> they won't last very long, I don't no, think. No, they're getting murdered. <laughs> Poor Matthew lands free fall. Sooty and sweep, and he's like, why have I been brought here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mistake, it's a mistake. <laughs> Turns out that Sue's a serial murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Sue! <laughs> now behave, Sooty! <laughs> 
Um, I like the um, slight, very sideways nod this, but the video gave me loads of ammo. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No one yeah. ever reloads. Love all this stuff. I, 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 oh, there's a great shot where they get to sort of like the edge of a cliff edge oh, and they can see once shot. and for all that they're not on Earth anymore. And yep. this is, yeah. Wow. You know, and there's multiple planets floating in and out really close to them. Um, when it, when I saw them that close, it made me think that the whole planet was actually, yeah, like synthetic. Like it had been put there just as like mm. a, a holiday resort, really, <laughs> more than anything else. Which it kind of is for the Predators. Is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Because, uh, uh, well, not for one in particular, because they they find one <laughs> strung up. <laughs> He's had a shocker. Because this one, <laughs> this is the one where it sort of says there's different sorts of types of predator, isn't there? There are the different like species, tribes, of yeah, yeah, different tribes who they don't necessarily get on with each other, and there's you know different types of hunters. So it expands the the lore of it and the mythos of it. Which is probably covered in all the comics because there's loads of comics of, of Predator as well. Yeah, but yeah, it certainly expands the world a bit, and the sandbox gets a bit bigger then, and and more ways to inventive ways to die. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like anything. Any time you can expand on a much loved universe, you're giving people what they want. Absolutely, I, I, yeah. I do agree with that. Like, I do think that's the truth. There's no t- attempt to reinvent the wheel here. This is just from a position of love. Like, yeah. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and and extrapolate outwards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's totally what where where they're obviously going with this and and what their aim was. They weren't going to try and reinvent the wheel, as you say. It's just let's make a cool predator movie instead of a stupid one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, like the last one was a, a Requiem, wasn't it? And that was part high school movie. Oh. Like a massive, like, dome-headed predator in a high school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I know we don't like to be negative, but that no. is an atrocious, atrocious film. That <laughs> really, really not good at all. Is it the other Paul Anderson who made those? No, he made the first one. He made AVP, right. uh, Rob's daughter's namesake. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is fine. It's all right. It's like... Lance Henriksen think he's in a Bigfoot movie. Yeah. I, I quite <laughs> like the idea of the first one that it's um, yeah, it's like a um, it's like a rites of passage, isn't it? Yeah. Where they stick like the young predators yeah. into this maze to sort of prove themselves. Some great visuals in it too. Yeah, it's more just the the AVP sequel that I've really got an issue with. I just think <laughs> yeah. it's really poor. Did you guys ever play the AVP um, PlayStation game? Oh, I, I had it on the PC years ago, and it was fucking amazing it was really good I, I loved it it was great there was some amazing visuals in that too it was so hard to kill a predator in that in that game it was best to be the predator and just like picking oh, yeah. off marines with well it was dead easy wasn't it yeah. <laughs> just put your little like pretty much whoosh, invincible whoosh, and invisible and, yeah and just fire out your spear and because and, what you do when you shoot them aim for red it would take the red off and spike on a tree it was really good. <laughs> it was an ace game, that one. Oh, it was so it's like good. I, I lent it to me, brother. I'm going to go and have a word. <laughs> Hand it back. <laughs> I want to show this to the children. Um, <laughs> and while they're sort of like, there's a there's a, 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 a bad moment, you know, where Brody goes missing for a little bit um, and uh, Fishburne shows up. This bit, right, was one of those things. I always, I think I mentioned it a few times, one of my pet peeves with trailers <laughs> where they give away a surprise in a movie and this is it yeah. this is one of those where 
if you because Fishburne's in the trailer and they show the moment they meet Fishburne in the Predator garb. Yeah, that's literally in the trailer. So when it gets to the film and you hear the you hear the the audio things from the first one, where it's like over here, over here, and you're like, oh shit, they're they're gonna get killed, and then a predator emerges from its cloak and it's Lawrence Fishburne. If you don't know Fishburne's in this movie, you're like mind blown. This is brilliant. This is an amazing little twist that you've put in here, like the kid out of Jurassic Park three where he's lived on the island for ages. <laughs> not having that. But they ruin it. They ruin it in the trailers, and it's yeah. just—it's not a surprise, and it's just uh, a bit like uh, you've ruined your own film there by spoiling. Yeah, it's not necessary because it's a mid-movie twist. You know, it's it's the he's <laughs> in the movie for about fifteen minutes tops. It really, is, yeah. really short runtime. Uh, yeah, going back to my um, like she's not featured on the pod quite a lot. My nana, good old nan. Who, uh, <laughs> Yay! Hey, nana. Uh, she she has a she has a little thing for Larry Fishburne. And um, I've, I established this when I, I went to. St- I was staying at her house once when I was a kid, and she was flicking through the channels, and uh, Boys in the Hood was on, and she just went, mm, "Fishburn." Just <laughs> 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 like lusting over gorgeous Lawrence Fishburn. <laughs> oh my word! Do you know that um, Lawrence Fishburn was? Tarantino's first choice for Jules Winfield in Pulp Fiction. Was he? Really? Wow. Yeah, and Fishburne's agent said, no, you've played enough supporting roles, you're only going up for leads now. Oh, no. He could have been Nick Fury. He could have been in Star Wars. He could have had Sam Jackson's career. I mean, he's done all right in the end, but you must be like, oh, that's a nightmare, isn't it? That is. What a shocking (laughs) turn from his agent. Did you hear that um, recent thing? Massive segue of um, you know reading something about um, roles that actors regret missing out on, and um, Matt Damon said, um, "I regret um, turning down the Sam Worthington lead role in Avatar." Oh yeah, and five percent of um, the gross. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, that? The, the biggest uh, grossing movie yeah. of all time. <laughs> I still like, uh, you know, one and a half billion. Like, <laughs> wow, what an error! Yeah, schoolboy. Uh, so yeah, the, um, so here comes Fishburne. Mmm, Fishburne. Mm, and um, Fishburne. They, <laughs> they go to a, a ship, um, yeah, because he's going to look after them. But it just so happens he's he's sort of he's sort of half there, isn't he? Now, always. Yeah, he's doing a, a bit of a Colonel Kurtz, isn't he? From um, he is, yeah, uh, from sure. Apocalypse Now, which is quite nice because Fishburne is actually in Apocalypse Now yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, one of our listeners was a bit mean about Larry and said, uh, considering he's been there for ten seasons, he looks quite well fed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair comment. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, how bad must that soup he's making taste? Oh, it didn't look great, did it? I mean, it's not great. They all chowed into it. Fair play to him. Brody wasn't missing a meal. He's missed his protein shakes and his tuna. <laughs> he's desperate <laughs> to get something in him. But blimey, it did look a bit rum. Yeah, so he's been there like 10 seasons, which sounds like a long time, but these predators bloody love hunting, so I don't think there's a lot of off time no, between seasons. I, I read, um, I, again, I read that um, this equates to two years. Right, all right, so fair enough. 
So he's got yeah. a taste for right because they're not just hunting humans on this game reserve. Oh, There's no. all aliens from all over the galaxy. Yeah. So Fish has got himself a a taste for like Romulan or something like that. He's making a lovely <laughs> Romulan stew. Mm. <laughs> There's an Easter egg. There's a couple of ETs hanging in a tree. The yeah. Now, now we're ETs. talking. <laughs> They're not sport, though, are they? Bringing them down. Yeah. I'd love to see them get them red lasers right in the mush, right yeah. in the neck. Just tucking into some mac and chips. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely super. Uh, but they don't last. I mean, this is this is a this is a segue at best. It's it? it's a cameo, this... isn't it? Really, it is, isn't it? <laughs> he did it, two won... days on the movie. Apparently, is that right? Because he well, I mean, well done him because he won best supporting actor at the <laughs> what for this? <laughs> Seriously, I thought we were joking. Did, yeah. No, no, uh, Black Reel Awards best supporting actor, Lawrence Fishburne. Wow, oh, it's not his finest work. I'll be honest. <laughs> there are other movies he could get best supporting actor for. <laughs> What's he doing in this movie? Apparently, he's not supposed to be doing supporting actors anymore. Well, he's obviously changed his agents, and so now he's uh, taking every supporting convenient. role going. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make up for losing out on Jules Winfield. Like, is, is it a lead role? I'm not doing it. I will only do supporting <laughs> characters from now on. Him and, him and Lance Henriksen would be so great with their contract riders. Like, like, so the only way they'll work together is if it's a Bigfoot movie and Larry's supporting it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work. <sighs> um, they uh, let me have a look at my notes here. I mean, it's ridiculous. They've got a drone. The drone is flying everywhere, and it's located them. Yeah, because yes. Fishburne set them up, hasn't he? He's, he he's has. basically baited them because he's a scavenger. He doesn't. He's not trying to help them. He's uh, trying to screw them over. And, and does Adrian Brody figure that out quite quickly? Yeah, like he does everything yes. in this movie. He's like, yeah. yeah. He's like Schwarzenegger meets Sherlock Holmes. He figures everything out. <laughs> I, I don't trust this guy. I was right. I should not have trusted this guy. <laughs> yes. But I will eat his minging soup. <laughs> um, and yet, yeah, so then there's a cat and mouse game with predators in a big ship. Mm. And Oleg Taktarov, God bless him, Nikolai, comes back to save Topher Grace because he thinks Topher Grace is a nice guy. Um, brackets he's not and <laughs> Oleg gets horribly killed Poor well he, he, um, he, he manages to take one down though doesn't he in the uh, mm. in, in, but by basically blowing himself up after he gets impaled by a predator he does yeah after he did a submission armbar yeah because there, there's three predators isn't there hunting this group yeah um, and this yes. is the first one to go when um, Oleg blows him up to High heavens, um, <laughs> which is which is very noble of him to save Altofa Grace, the little shitbag. Yes. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I did feel a little bit shortchanged that there's only four predators in this mm. movie, so there's mm. one of which is nailed to a tree for the duration, <laughs> <laughs> and the other three, and you know, and then there's the uh, so they're called the Tracker, the Berserker, and the Falconer. So the Falconer didn't have any falcons, so they're really trying to keep <laughs> yeah. it. Keep the budget low here, aren't they? <laughs> and those two, the Falconer and the Tracker, they get dispatched quite, you know, within the first hour, don't they? The pair of them. So there's only really the big, the big fella that's left. Who's the one that's hung up then? He's the same as the first one, isn't he? Yeah, he's like the original Predator from the 1980s. Yeah, he looks exactly yeah. like him, doesn't he? So they, they they get out. There's been casualties. 
Um, and then um, uh, this is the moment from the trailer where you think, you know, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be great. Uh, but and all the, you know, Brody's outside in the dark and all the lasers hitting, but it's just one laser in the movie. Yeah, exactly. But in the trailer, it's like seventeen. <laughs> wasn't there something? Wasn't there something where it was the director who scaled it back? Because uh, I read that. Rodriguez's original treatment was it was like Aliens where there was yeah. hundreds mm-hmm. of them um, but then when they were sort of redoing the scripts to bring it out you know 20 years later or whatever it was the director was like well the humans have got no chance of these absolutely yeah. awesome killing machines if there's going to be hundreds of them so I think that's why they dialed it back to just three of them Yeah, I, that makes loads of sense to me because if because Predator's it's all about sport for them, isn't it? You it know, is, yeah. And there is no sport if it's just you just like, kill them immediately. Yeah. There's no fun yeah. in that. No, it so, does make sense. It's just it's it does in, make sense, we're very yeah. much in Reign of Fire I was false say, advertising yeah. territory. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, such a good point. Um, and they get away. How do they get away? I can't remember how they get away. Oh, Walton Goggins sacrifices himself. Yeah. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. With some unsavoury homophobic language, which is also yes. quite funny, though. The line itself, um, <laughs> I don't want to repeat it, but uh, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see Walton Goggins set and try to show his kids some of the movies that he's been in. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's it's worked impossible. with some tremendous directors, been in some brilliant things. He's like, all right, oh, oh, I've got a good line here. Nope, can't show that. That's racist. Nope, that's uh, that's homophobic. Nope, that's just appalling. <laughs> so funny. Um, and they're back in the jungle, and it's all going, and uh, we're racing to the finish line, really. Yep. Topher Grace's leg goes, um, gets caught in a trap. So we're down to Isabel um, and uh, Royce and Edwin, who I've just found out is the name of Topher Grace. A.K.A. Yeah. Silicon Valley Shipman. <laughs> Is the Yakuza guy still around at this point as well? No, uh, he is, oh. but they have their super smackdown. Yeah, yes. so he, he, that is he, such a cool scene. Yeah, that is. Yeah, they have. He has a sword fight with the Predator in that field from the Lost World Jurassic Park, doesn't he? So, <laughs> yeah. Don't go into the long glass. <laughs> Oh, quick segue! When me and my son are playing football out of the field, like that's like if he kicks the ball towards the bushes or, or the overgrown grass, we literally shout that at each other. Now, don't go into the long grass. <laughs> oh, I love an appreciation for the grass. Good, good uh, Easter, good um, homage, James, in your everyday life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Day to day homage. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but it's great. I love that scene where they fight. Um, oh, it's fantastic. The, yeah. Yeah, it's so a brilliant. That's uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. That's probably my favourite moment. Same. Of the movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's shot beautifully. I love that moment at the end where um, it's shot from above and they both topple slowly, uh, having done each other in essentially. Yeah. Mm. It's so cool. Very very cool. Great ending for that character as yeah. well. Yeah. So he takes um, out number two. Of the predator, he does, yeah. yeah. He's like the silent badass. He only has a couple of lines throughout, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. It's all. It always reminds me of that uh, Hank Scorpio episode of The Simpsons where Homer's like watching all the guys fighting in his little base, and he's like, "Well, that guy he hasn't said or done anything yet. When he does, he's going to do something really cool." And that's basically Hanzo in this movie. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Topher's hurt his leg, 
Alice doesn't want Royce to leave. Royce says he's dead weight. We've got to go. I like this. Royce is so consistent throughout this. He just wants he to... Is. Any dead weight, he's just like, no, we'll use him as bait. We'll booby trap his body. He's like, he's like literally <laughs> yeah, still yeah, alive. I like this. this. It's so against type for Brody as well. <laughs> really like it. Um, so he leaves him, and then he goes and fires the ship. Yeah. And what I absolutely love is that he actually does go and find the ship, and he's ready to leave them. And the ship leaves, and he's like, oh, well, I suppose best go back and be a goodie. <laughs> he was ready to go. He wasn't Makes sense. Back. And it turns out that he's read the script because it's a really good decision because the ship gets blown up in mid- <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then he frees the crap one. <laughs> well, it's the crap well, one who the... lets him get on the ship, isn't it? So he it has is, to do a yeah. deal. Him, they, do, they do some intergalactic bargaining. <laughs> He's like, you're the crap one. You help me get off this planet. Uh, yeah. So he does. Look and he's at like, these abs. Yeah. Look at these abs. I put on 25 pounds of muscle. I need to go back home, take my shirt off, get some chicks. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful babies. <laughs> the thing I, I've always liked about the Predator like franchise is how there's always this idea of like honour amongst them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they'd... They'd rather die than do the wrong thing, the Predators, as well. They're yeah. Not, they're not sneaky. No. They're, they're clever with their traps and stuff, but they're not They're not into subterfuge. No, they're not. They? Yeah, yeah. They're not sly, are they? No, no. No, I no. like it. And uh, this little one finds that out to his detriment, doesn't he? Because he decides to have a fight with the big fella who's uh, presumably nailed into the tree off screen earlier. <laughs> <in the movie. laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't go well for him, to be perfectly honest. No, it's, it's an extremely graphic de- decapitation that happens to him. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say this big fella is the berserker predator. Yeah, he seems so quite that would make sense. Yeah, that, I think that would make sense. Um, and he's taking out the garbage, essentially. And then you've got, like, um, Brody's come back from his ride blowing up, which... I, I'm convinced he was not interested in coming back for Alice Braga or Topher Grace. Topher's gone and poisoned Alice Braga by this point. Well, heel he turn. A, a vintage heel, heel turn, turn from Topher. <laughs> he barbershop windowed Isabel. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, then, I mean, it, it obviously turns out that he is like one of those, yeah, maniac doctors that kills patients. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't really buy his logic because he's like, here on this planet, I'm normal. I'm uh, at home. I'm I'm a monster, but here I'm just a normal person. It's like, yeah, but you're not cut out for this, mate. You've got yeah. no outdoor skills whatsoever. Yeah, like you. Yeah, you, the predators aren't going to go. Oh, yeah, he's a maniac just like us. No, they'll just chop your head off as soon as they see you. You're not going to last five minutes. Well, they must have done to a degree because you know because they bought him here. Yeah, yeah. I. I, I, I'm with you on that one because I remember when I first watched this and that happened and I, I was kind of like, whoa, that was kind of, didn't see that coming. Yeah. But then when I watched it the second time, when I watched it for this, I was just like, kind of doesn't make sense this, why he's just decided to do this because what's he going to gain out of it really? Yeah. You know, he, he's not going to, it's not like he's going to be welcomed in with open arms with the with the crew. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My man! <laughs> yeah, it's not like the Predators are going to go, oh, you know what we need in our crew? We're gonna, we need like a little weedy doctor who's no good at <laughs> getting the drop on anyone. <laughs> so is this, is this an error of the scouting network? They've looked at numbers and not much else. Gone, Look at yeah. this guy, he's killed loads of them! And they haven't looked at anything else. They didn't have any banter, so they needed to get someone to bring some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. bring the mood up a bit during So, like, they had the pros and cons in the columns when they were drafting him in. The draft! <laughs> <laughs> it's Ready the equivalent draft. of a, a, pro, a Premier League club panic buying a player who's had a good international tournament that summer and then it he is, turns out to be it? absolute. Yeah. It's like, and they're like, oh, what have you done, Frank Predator? This is not good <laughs> scouting. <laughs> What's he going to do? <laughs> And then they're all, and then Frank's back in the control room. Like, oh, he's got some final three. You're not laughing now, are you? <laughs> yeah, oh, Frank that's knows true. what he's doing when it comes well, to. He is, yeah, sneaky, sneaky little devil. It's like, it's the, yeah, you're right. It's the, like the equivalent of scoring 25 goals in the J League. <laughs> going like, right, bring him in. He's obviously amazing. <laughs> he murdered 70 people last year. Yeah, they're all pensioners. <laughs> yeah, not one of them moved in resistance against him. <laughs> He's not put £25 of muscle on. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I mean, he is used as bait again horribly in this quite brilliant face-off between henched-up, mudded Brody and uh, Berserker Predator, which is great fun. Yeah, so, I mean, he must have had it in his contract, Brody, that if he was going to put all this muscle on, he would be taking his shirt off. (laughs) And these abs are muddied up. (laughs) Woof. Outrageous, filthy, literally. Dude's looking good. He's looking good. I was like, "You're sexy man." <laughs> I agree with that. That word used before for Brody was consistency. He's consistently good right the way through this. I think it's super watchable. Really enjoy him in this. Yeah, really enjoy him um, because he's not, and he's not a hero. He's not like Dutch was a hero. This Brody's not a hero at all. Yeah, I think he's done some awful stuff to end up here. Yeah, but it's all to bad people, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know whether MVP Topher Grace's victim. Oh, you mean? Oh, people. you mean back on Earth? I thought you meant yeah. what he's done on the Predator planet. Like, no, I don't no, mind sorry, what using... he's done to get here. Yeah, because like you've got the Triad dude, you've got Danny Trejo's, you know, being Danny Trejo, and you've got all these people doing terrible stuff. And what's Alice Braga done to end up here? She's just a soldier, isn't she? Well, she's probably just got a lot of confirmed kills hasn't she i think that's what they go for the predators possibly mm. stats don't tell the whole story mm. but i like this because we're asking questions about a mythology that we you know we haven't been explained to us i like this i like the open-endedness of all this you know like it makes it more interesting to me the fact yeah, that we definitely. don't know the answers for sure and it makes the predators more interesting and in turn it sets up me wanting to invest in more predator stories and adventures because i don't know all the answers i'd like to know more i, I think alice braga's the fact that Alice Braga isn't evidently like done anything bad. She's just a soldier, like an Israeli soldier. And that's why it works that she's the only one who's like empathetic towards everyone else. Mm. And I guess the Russian dude as well kind of falls into that because he's just <gasps> like a man. soldier as yeah. well, isn't he? Whereas the others are all like, you know, they're not very nice people who are happy to leave someone left for dead or use them as bait or things like that. Whereas she's the sort of sensible one who goes back for these people to a you know error in the end because she gets paralyzed yeah. by Topher Grace because she trusts him too much and but I think that's why it works why her character works is because mm. she is just a noble soldier more so than anyone else who's a bit of a shitbag <laughs> <laughs> and they prove that they're shitbags true <laughs> extremely true yeah I got the impression with Brody that he's a mercenary like or black ops or something like that so if the price is right yeah he'll do whatever you need to do like he'd He'd off his own granddad for a tank of petrol, you know. <laughs> like <it's... laughs> yeah, I, I, 
And I like that. I like to be challenged with my protagonists as well. Yeah. No, can I root for this person? Yeah, I can. Just. And they, what do they do to him? He kills him. I bludgeons him to bits. Yeah. So he's like, he goes full Arnie from the original Predator and he muddies up and he's like using fire and stuff to mask his, his heat signature and he's like, gets the Predator's club and he starts giving it to him and then he's like, yeah. oh no, but that's not enough. And then Alice Braga, who's slowly coming out of a paralysed state, manages to get her sniper rifle up, doesn't it? And then delivers the final blow. Yeah. I I really I think that um, in terms of the, the Predator, human versus Predator in a one-on-one dust-up, Adrian does better than Arnie. Yeah. Oh, I think he does, yeah. But he's got a bit of intel, though, hasn't he? Because he gets filled in on the details from yeah. Isabel yeah. earlier about... I thought he meant like he got film. filled in like the vernacular, like he got yeah. filled in. <laughs> yeah. Isabel has seen the original Predator movie. She gives him the whole backstory <laughs> of how to defeat well, it. This was it. I thought, because Isabella seemed to have all this extra knowledge... And I thought maybe because there was a little girl in the first Predator movie, wasn't there? Oh, was there? Oh, yeah. I thought maybe she was the oh, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was never taken any further than that, and I think it was explained away differently. But while I was watching, I was like, "Is she the little girl from in the village in the first Predator movie?" Yeah, they definitely had that idea. I think they had like little avenues that they were probably gonna, and then they, yeah, and then they uh, jettisoned it as they moved through script development. But I bet they had that idea to throw that. Oh yeah, totally. Just like they jettisoned Fishburne's screen time. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> See you, Larry. Um, and and yeah, it, it, the movie ends with them like being consistently right. We're gonna get off this planet. Yeah, but we don't actually know. We don't actually see it. No, because they nixed the whole things. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I like it. It's like I hate that expression, "wham bam, thank you, ma'am," but it is the equivalent of that kind of filmmaking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hundred minutes, bosh. It's just a straight survival. Yeah, movie, isn't it? They know what you're here for, and that's what they and they get right to it. There's no, there's no frills around it at all. No, it's great. There's, there's no happy ending either because it's just left with these on a planet. Go right, right. How do we uh, get home then? <laughs> Same again. Should we start <laughs> predators again? Yes. Yeah. Credits oh. roll, just like oh fuck. Yeah, because <laughs> is it the more stuff landing, isn't there? Yeah, it's oh, fucking hell. There's more things being <laughs> yes, that's right. Off, yeah, yeah, more animals. Yeah, what are them humans and stuff? Oh, Please let them be three-toed sloths and nothing else. <laughs> I mean, is that the start of another season? In that case, Lawrence has only been there about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does dent that theory quite a lot, doesn't it? been here 10 seasons no wonder you've not lost any weight has he gone completely insane in the three weeks that he was here or was he already that in that short shape yeah why was he sent there what did he do yeah what was his job before why was he got yeah. a, a lucrative thing the tubby funster <laughs> <laughs> what are your favourite bits fellas yeah so I think uh, you and I are going to have the same one Rob um, mm. so I'm going to try and pick a different one just to Make it. It's it's when Hanzo faces off against the Predator for, uh, in a moonlit sword fight in the long grass. Mm. Don't go into the long grass. <laughs> <laughs> the fight is really well choreographed and neither fighter gets the upper hand. It's very even and I, I love that when both deliver a, a killing blow at the end. Of yeah. it. It's just all really well lit and it's uh, as Simon touched on earlier, there's a real honourable element to it. Mm. Yeah, that's a great moment. Simon? Uh, I yeah, I mean, I think that's like definitely a standout moment. But I really love the um, the bit in 
it goes a bit horror movie when Topher Grace is getting stalked by you don't know who it is. You never really see who it is when yeah. they're in the ship, and um, he pulls out a flare, and it's like a light blue flare, and and that's Ooh, what's yeah, like so good lighting up the thing, and where the Russian guy saves him. Um, yeah, I really like that bit. It's because it's just that's like a bit of horror from. Mm. Um, I guess it's pulled from what Aliens would have been doing. Um, you know, it's got that sort of vibe, spaceship vibe, blue, you know, blue lighting, and and um, it's all quite tense and. And Sky, yeah, I think that bit's like from a visual thing looks really good, and that shot as well where they just figure out where they're not on Earth anymore. It's like that shot, yeah, just like, so, wow, yeah, it's a really great reveal. Yeah, that really that was my uh, reserve one. Oh time, no, so. sorry, oh, sorry, I've got to go to a third reserve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I I will go back right to the beginning when I first when they first land with a thud, and then the tom toms start. I just. Like, I know I'm going to have a good time. I know I'm in a world I really like and I really enjoy. And it gets the hairs on the back of my neck firing and jumping up and down. It's so great. When I hear that... <laughs> the music's um, banging, isn't it? That's it's so cool. good, isn't it's it? Yeah. So I, 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 and I think it's like it's like a proper gift, that original Sylvester score. You give me some green leaves and that score, and I'm going to suddenly think, oh my God, everything is amazing. Mm. And I'm going to have an amazing time here. So yeah, that that would be my overall favourite bit. I think. Cool. Um. So yeah, for your reconsideration, Predators, Nimrod Antar, twenty ten. What are we saying? Yeah. So I think this is really solid. Uh, while nowhere near the level of the original, it does feel of a piece in terms of its tone and approach. It's a lean, stripped-down survival adventure that moves at a good clip through its various set pieces, and crucially, it's never boring. You know, I never found myself looking at my watch or anything like that. It really moved. That said, I don't think it's all great. I think it lacks a little in the suspense department, which the original had in spades. Mm. And some of that 2000s era edgy humour really clangs for me. I don't think it was great at the time, <laughs> but it was, you know, having an incestuous rapist as the comic relief is just, yeah, it's not really my bag, but to be honest, as much as I enjoy Walton Goggins and most things. Um, ultimately, though, I was drawn in by the mythology and the world. The action and the score uh, was well handled, and I would have happily sat through a continuation of this story. For me, it's head and shoulders above the other Predator sequels we've had, and it's definitely worth checking out if you've never seen it or are in the mood for a Predator movie that isn't the original. Nice. Well, it's a very, very, very fair assessment. Sai? Yeah, I'm sort of similar to James. I, th- I think it's a really solid sequel. You know, as sequels go, it's definitely on the good side of the spectrum. I properly love the setup to it. It's a really great homage to the first, and it really adds to the Predator mythos, you know, building on the world and, and the galaxy of these, what this species are and what they do. And um, I really love that. The superb ensemble cast like including two henched up oscar winners um really do elevate it and make it you know they're the reason this is worth a watch i think i think the the cast are great i would have loved to have seen danny treo a bit more it was a shame he was the first one to to get it but similar to what james said i I, there's just something about it where it doesn't quite get out of third gear enough i think um I do think it takes quite a while to... I think while the opening's like really full in and throws you in, like literally, it still it does take quite a while to get to that first sort of hunty bit, even then before seeing the Predators. 
and there, there's the standoff in the in the long grass is is a great scene, but I just think it needs more of that. I think it needs more of those individual elements to really like lift it beyond being an Easter egg filled sequel, fan made film, whatever you want to call it. And I think it would have been even better if the trailer didn't friggin' ruin the big, you know, a, 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 a nice little cameo reveal of a of a well known face. I think it was a shame that it ruined that because that would have, that may have become one of those bits I was looking for, but I knew it was coming because of the trailer. Mm. But yeah, total fairness, totally agree. For me, it expands on a much loved universe in just very positive reasonable ways that I would like want to see and would hope to see and stuff like that. Um didn't I, I agree what you with what you mean. I mean I think for the first half I, I'm thinking like, whoa, this movie can go all over the place here and not let me down. And it still didn't let me down at all. But the I think the the sort of the segue to Fishburn Town slowed things down way too much and took the jeopardy the, it, I think it, it was supposed to increase the jeopardy, but I think it actually detracted from the jeopardy mm-hmm. a little bit. Taking them in the ship doesn't add to the drama for me at all because we've done that with Danny Glover in the mm. in the one bit previously. I know there's <laughs> been a number of years, what, it's 20 years almost, isn't it, between the two. So um, I didn't care very much for that. Incredible cast. What a cast to put this together. Absolutely super. Everyone having a good time. Everyone investing in what they're doing. Super creature effects. Excellent special effects right across the board. And they're ticking every box for what I would want from a Predator movie. Um, It's just that I think there's just a sag in the narrative for me that that doesn't make it work. Uh, To a a four or a five star movie. Yeah. that is literally it. In terms of me having a good time, no brainer. Loved it. Had an absolute blast, um, and would watch it again tonight. <laughs> I might actually do it. Um, in in the sort of the chronology in my head of the Predator movies, you've obviously got number one, number two. I have a huge soft spots for. I really like that movie. I think so because I love its bold choices, and I love how practical it is, and I love Glover's great in it. So I love all of that. And then it's this one. Um, I haven't seen the, the the fourth one. The AVP stuff and the Requiems and all don't need to... I don't think it would be higher. I don't think it would... Uh... Really? Well, <laughs> I don't I, think it would impinge I, I, but, on that. I'll still uh, give it the time of day when I get a chance, when I'm not watching Welsh Doctor Doolittle or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, no, I, got, I, I, I mean, it's just a lot of fun in a, in a world that I really want to know more of mm. uh, with a great cast. So, yeah, just 100%. Go watch it. Don't be, don't muck around. It's on. Um, what is it yeah, called? Disney Star. Uh, Disney. Uh, it's on Disney Star. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's on Star on Disney Plus. So it's just right there. Go press play. It's there. And don't worry. You you know you're straight in. It's not like you need to warm up. No. <laughs> you're straight into the movie. Um, lovely stuff. Uh, thank you very much, listeners, for voting. Um, yeah, that was a real treat. Yeah, we love hanging out. Um, discussing the uh, the stuff that you guys want us to discuss. It's great. Um, next time out, we're... Simon, it's your pick. We're in Simontown. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, yes, it is my my pick next week. And not only have we neglected our lovely li- listeners these past few weeks, uh, well, I have neglected our lovely listeners the past few weeks, um, but an FYR favourite has also been left out in oh. the cold for far too long. Um, oh. And I think it's time we bring out the big guns and get Nicolas Cage back on the scene. <laughs> Yes. With uh, Werner Herzog's uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Oh. 
Um, back in New, Or- New Orleans so soon. We've done quite a few movies. So oh, I I'm wondering, I'm wondering what Werner would make of the. We're going to go to New Orleans. <laughs> We're going to find the package, New Orleans. Yeah. Do you have the Mandalorian? Do you How have many the green impressions child? are there going to be on this? It's going to be absurd. I'm going to have to practice. I'm going to have to practice. Mr. Chocolate, don't don't eat me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. and do you know what else? Cage-related information I found out. You know, uh, he did that movie with David Lynch back in the day, uh, Wild at Heart. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently David Lynch refers to Nick Cage as Nickster. <laughs> oh, lovely. Quite cosy. Uh, Definitely doesn't fit the person that I know and love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. It's been great to hang out again. Uh, tune in next time for... Uh, what are we doing again? We just talked about it. Bad Lieutenant. Uh, Bad, Bad Lieutenant. Lieutenant. New, Orleans. New Orleans. Bad, Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put it all on the line, Rob. But I'm going to guess you haven't seen this. I haven't. Uh, um, yeah, it's what it's a very obscure movie, I think. Uh, no, I've definitely not seen this, um, and I'm excited that you picked it. Oh. I really am. Um, I was given it on DVD a long time ago, and it's just sat there. Um, it's high on the cage scale. Um, it's it's very up there on the cage scale. So excited. I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> so good. Um, please uh, go give us five stars on your subscription service of choice. Keep listening. Keep chatting to us on the Twitters. It's always great to hang out with you guys. And uh, yeah, tune in next time. Take care of yourselves. See you later. Say goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. I'm off to go and uh, research every single one of Oleg Taktarov's submissions on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) 